Welcome to the Metabolic MD. Health means everything. We all seek optimal health, but most of us do not know how to achieve it. Dr. Paul Kaladze has spent a career in the emergency department. Now, he helps his patients avoid ever ending up there. During these podcasts, you'll learn how you can lose weight and prevent and reverse disease through new technology, a modified diet, and the use of some new recently approved FDA medications. This information is not meant to be medical advice. Please seek consultation from your own medical provider. Let's listen in. Well, hey there, everybody. Hope you're doing great. This is uh, Terry O'Brien here at Tri-Level Studios, and today we're episode number two of The Metabolic MD with Dr. Paul Kalazic. So, Doc, what do we got going on today? Well, first of all, we got a beautiful day outside, fall in southwest Ohio. The it's leaves beautiful. are changing, a little bit crispiness in the air, and it's sunny out, and it's beautiful today. You're, you're like a Hallmark commercial. <laughs> all right. So, again, tell the folks what makes you the Metabolic MD. Well, I'm the Metabolic MD because, first of all, I had a long career in the emergency department, and I got to see kind of people in crisis as a result of metabolic issues. Those metabolic issues are things like high blood sugar and diabetes and cardiovascular disease and kidney failure. So after a career in the emergency department, I've transitioned to help pe- helping people lose weight and reverse those problems. Well, it's a very admirable uh, profession, I got to tell you. So today I know we're talking about this medication, and I- I'd rather have you pronounce it before I try to pronounce it because I think you'll do a much better job. What is the topic today? Semaglutide. And why are we talking about that? Well, we're talking about it because it's very effective for weight loss and improving metabolic health. And quite honestly, it's becoming increasingly popular and increasingly available to people to use as a tool to help improve their health. All right. So what is it? Well, it's a medication and originally developed as a diabetic medication. There's a little bit of a story here to it. Um, Originally, this is the same medication as Ozembic, the exact same medication as Ozembic. And initially used in diabetics and the drug company that manufactures it, Norvo, Norvo Nordisk, found out that diabetics lost weight on it, 12 to 15% of their body weight. Um, And then because this is a medication that doesn't cause hypoglycemia, it controls blood sugar, but it doesn't cause low blood sugar, the company went back and did studies on people who were not diabetic um, that were overweight. And they found, lo and behold, that that those patients lost weight as well. So then subsequently it's been marketed as purely a weight loss drug called Wegovy, W-E-G-O-V-Y. Well, so how long has it been out? If you're rough, rough idea, how well, long? Well, Ozambic has been used for 15 years, so it's known oh, to wow. be a very safe medicine. Okay. But Wigovi has only been on the market for about 18 months. And how long have you been using it? We've been using it for three to four years in our practice, primarily as Ozambic, primarily for diabetic patients. And then in the last year or so, we're using it in non-diabetic patients as well. Now, is, that a, is this a generic drug or is this out there on the market? Are there, are there other brands behind that? Well, that, that's a very timely question that oh, you're asking. All right, good. Okay, because this kind of integrates into the issue of how patients uh, get a hold of this medication. So 
So Ozempic generally can be obtained only if you're a diabetic um, because insurance won't pay for it otherwise. I mean, a prescription can be written to anybody for this medicine at the physician's discretion, but the issue is payment because these medications, if not covered by insurance, can be as much as $1,200 a month. That's a lot so, of medication. Well, well so for, for patients that are diabetic, you know, the copay generally is very reasonable. Unfortunately, not a lot of insurance companies are covering Wagovi yet. They're kind of shying away from the treatment of obesity or being overweight because of the expense to the insurance company. But the reason your question is a timely question is because just in the last six months, this medication has become available as a compounded medication from pharmacies, and the cost can be cut really dramatically by 70% or so if a compounded generic form is used. So how, how does how does a doctor know to write a compound generic form? Well, you, you have to have a physician that really understands the mechanism of action of the medication, what is going to be compounded with, which is usually B12, a vitamin, which actually inhibits nausea, which is one of the side effects of the medication. That's interesting. Okay, so so t do tell us a little bit about how this thing works. What is the what is the mechanism that makes? I know I understand insulin, right? But how does this thing kind of help? Well, the term for this class of medications is a GLP one agonist. <laughs> so that means it's pretending to be a gastrointestinal hormone of some type. Okay, and this usually is associated with a hormone that's made in the lining of the stomach called leptin, L-E-P-T-I-N. And the mechanism of action actually is twofold. Number one, it slows gastric emptying, which means food stays in your stomach for a longer period of time and you feel full for a longer period of time and so you don't get hungry as quick again. And then it's also known to have a central nervous system mechanism of action. It acts on the brain, particularly the hypothalamus, excuse me, the hypothalamus um, to help control hunger. Wow, that sounds pretty interesting. I mean, because you're basically fooling the body to make it think that you're full. Exactly. And then you don't need to eat. And okay, that's that's amazing. It is. It, and and you're you're saying there's a lot of people out there using this and they're having luck with it. Yeah, I I mean we've had tremendous luck with it. The data shows in the in the hallmark study on this medication related to weight loss was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. You you could really just Google New England Journal of Medicine and semaglutide and see that study. And in a little bit over a year period of time of treatment people generally lost between 12 to 15% of their body weight. You're kidding, that's great. Yeah, it is great. It, this is a great medication, and I think is gonna be used by a lot of people going forward. The issue right now is being able to get it into people's hands in an affordable manner. So who's eligible for this, right? If it's if it's so expensive, but you're telling me the generic is not as expensive. The generic is not as expensive, yeah. So how do you become eligible for this? What do you got to do? Who's eligible? Who's not eligible? Well, again, as Ozambic, uh, diabetics are generally eligible for this. Um, but in terms of being overweight, generally it's individuals that have a BMI over 27, 
Okay. And tell me, tell me again. BMI. I hear it all the time. My watch even tells me something. Okay. What, what is a BMI? Body mass index, and it's basically just a calculation that integrates how much you weigh with your height to give you an idea if your weight is in a normal range or if it's high. All right. So basically, if I'm sucking in my gut, that doesn't really count. My BMI is going to stay the same. Your BMI is going <laughs> to stay the same. Yeah. All right. So. What's the biggest obstacle to, for somebody to get this kind of treatment? Is it the insurance? Is it the cost? Is it having a physician who even understands it? Yeah, um, there are more and more physicians beginning to understand it um, for weight loss. Uh, I think a lot of physicians understand it for the treatment of diabetes. Um, but for weight loss, um, th there's an increase in awareness that this can be a helpful medication. And, and when I talk about weight loss, you know, we're, we're talking about you know, people losing weight, and a lot of times people have kind of an aesthetic connotation to that is like, oh, I want to lose weight to feel better. Right. That's not my focus. My focus is I want you to lose weight to get you more healthy. I want you to have less bone and joint pain. Yeah. You know, I want your risk of diabetes to be le less. I want your risk of sleep apnea to go away or fatty liver disease to be decreased or for your GERD to be resolved. Yeah, that's it's, it's interesting because I do other podcasts with other physicians who are orthopedic surgeons. And, and some of the topics that we cover, the fact that people can't be operated on because they're too overweight and they have to lose that weight before they can be operated on. Yeah. And is, is this a possible solution to maybe helping them get through that hurdle? Yeah, if those individuals meet criteria, then then absolutely. There, there is a limited group of people um, that can't use this medication. Who so, would that be? Well, there, there's what we call, it's a long word, but it's contraindications. Oh, Con I knew that word all, all, all day long, yeah. Okay. <laughs> contraindications, you know, the opposite of the indication. So things that you got to watch out for in terms of prescribing this medicine. So there are a couple um, fairly rare kind of cancers that are issues. Uh, one is a thyroid cancer called medullary carcinoma. Another one is a, a strange kind of uh, multifaceted cancer called multiple endocrine neoplasia or MEN. Okay. And then there are some more common problems in which you, you need to take care if you're going to consider treating people. And generally, I would not treat people with conditions such as pancreatitis or inflammatory bowel disease or kidney problems or liver failure. So how is it prescribed? Is it is it a pen? Is it... Uh, is it you take it up a syringe? How do you prescribe it and how do they administrate it? Yeah, so it's an injectable medication. As Ozambic or Wigovia, it comes in a pen. If it's prescribed as a generic medication, generally the patient has to draw that up. It's a once weekly injection. So the patients, after you know being taught how to inject it, inject it once a week. Um, and, and then it is an escalating dose. You have to start at a low dose. Okay, and then you increase that every month. So, just to give you the first couple of months, the first month might be 0.125 milligrams weekly for four weeks. And then after that, you increase that dose to 0.25 milligrams weekly for four weeks. And then the next stage would be half a milligram or 0.5 milligrams weekly for four weeks. And there's a reason you have to escalate it slowly, and that's because the medication does have some side effects. 
Now, because I'm a diabetic, right, they prescribed me before I went full insulin uh, on a a medication, I don't think, I think it was Trulicity, maybe. Very similar. It's a GLP-1 as well. And they just gave me full gun, and I remember just yeah. how feeling how sick I felt. Yeah. I said, I got to have to get off this stuff, and that's yeah. because they didn't ramp me up. They just gave me full blast. Right. Okay. Yeah, we, we ramp people up very, very slowly. Um, and generally, the pattern is is that you, you take a shot, you have some nausea for, you, for a few days, it gets better. You take the same dose shot a week later, you don't notice as much by the third or fourth week maybe you're having no symptoms and then the dose escalates and maybe you have a recurrence of that pattern a little bit but we treat all our patients with nausea medicine the New England Journal of Study article said only 5% of people discontinued use because of the side effects oh, that's interesting and uh, how long are people is this a lifelong thing you're once you're on it you just you're just on it yeah, so this is why we like to combine the use of this medicine with a focused diet program. And as you know, uh, I believe in low carbohydrate diets, which you create, do. I do. <laughs> um, you know, I've just I've seen tremendous things with it. I'm going to digress for a second and tell you about a patient I had two days ago. One of my patients I've had for four months. He has lost. 43 pounds, his hemoglobin A1C, he's diabetic, and his hemoglobin A1C has gone from 8.6 to 5.8. No way. Yeah, I know. 5.8? It's, it's almost unbelievable. But he is a strict, he's a very strict low-carb guy, and, and he is very disciplined. But I, I think this medication really um, is used, when used in conjunction with a low-carb diet, it can be very effective. Um, and, you know, we also use the continuous glucose monitors for people to guide their low-carb diet, as right. you know. Yeah. But the question you asked was, uh, you know, what, what happens if you go off the medication? And the data shows that you gain some weight back. You don't gain all the weight back. Um, but you can gain, for example, 40% of the weight back. Now, our experience with our patients is that we've changed their lifestyle with a low-carb approach. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, they're ruined because they will never eat a piece of pizza or a bowl of cereal again without thinking about the carbs they're ingesting. It's just like, you know, you can't unlearn it. So our patients have a tendency to do really well even when they go off the medication. Well, that's great. In full disclosure, I have to hide my pizza and my french fries before he shows up to the studio when we do these podcasts. Uh, but that would be hard, uh, hard to give up, but I understand people can do it. So... We talked about side effects, right? What else? What other side effects are there? Um, I mean, they're mostly GI side effects. Uh, nausea, you know, for some people that can progress to vomiting, you know, bloating, you know, constipation. That's really only what I've seen in my patients. You know, there are others described such as lightheadedness and dizziness, um, you, you know, um, a feeling of thirst, but I haven't really seen that. All right. So do they eventually go away? I mean, over time, they, oh, they, yeah. they, yeah. they drift yeah, off. Yes, part of that escalating dose, they resolve. So they're described as, you know, unlike the inflation we're experiencing, these truly <laughs> are transitory. <laughs> Again, it's, this is October 2022. For those people listening in the future, uh, just remember how it is today. Uh, all right, so uh, tell me a little bit about the importance, again, of diet. If you had to take a patient, patient like me, how important would diet be versus medication versus glucose monitoring if you is it a, just a pie chart where it's one third one third one third 
No, uh, I think, you know, the foundation is the diet. There's no question of that. Um, with a lot of our patients, we bring them in and we use the continuous glucose monitors and get them on a low-carb diet and have them progress. If they get stalled, then we might introduce the semaglutide. For other patients, they really want to use it right out of the gate, so we help them do that. Um, but, but I think, you know, the foundation always is diet. Anybody that expects to take a shot and just lose weight with really out without doing any work it, you know I don't think is going to be successful with this and in fact the New England Journal of Medicine article and the manufacturers of these medicine say that this medicine needs to be used in conjunction with a structured diet program I think all medicines say that don't they I feel like I read that all the time on labels make sure you're eating the right things or you know it's, it's one of those generic statements that they like to make so I know you have some stats on how effective this is, but on other podcasts in the future, I, I'd love to talk to you more about exercise because this is a topic that yeah. I, I would debate more. You, you say, we're not going to go there today, but you say strength exercise is more important than cardio exercise. But we'll have that conversation later, but you're, okay. that is true, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the pillars of this program are uh, diet, the medication, and then if you can increase your muscle mass a little bit, you'll help decrease your insulin resistance. And really, that's what we're getting at here, controlling your insulin resistance to help you lose weight. So uh, did I already ask you how effective this is you, you, with the stats? Yeah, yeah the, the studies are 12% uh, to 15% of body weight. 12% to 15% of body weight yeah. on the average person. That, right. Now, right. do you ever... But again, in, in conjunction with a structured diet program, right. don't expect to take a shot and lose 12 to 15% of your body weight. Now, when, when people come to see you, do you ever say, listen, I can't help you because you're not willing to do the right steps, or do you always try? Well, I, I think we have a selected patient population. Um, in our practice because people that come to us know that we're going to ask them to, you know, embrace a low carb diet and that I'm going to ask them to count their carbs. Okay. I'm not maniacal about it. We aren't having <laughs> people, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we aren't having people go keto. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Even though a few of our patients do choose to do that, but we look at a carb goal somewhere in the 50 gram to 75 gram a day. And that's really a great place to be in association with this medicine. I swear. I wish someday somebody would figure out how I can tell how many grams are in a carb when they put me in a restaurant and they some potatoes or here's a bowl of rice there's no way i can know so you know with the newer apps it's not that difficult so terry you don't get to use that as an excuse okay <laughs> oh i, I mean, do there are a number of apps out there and many of them you can scan packages and some of them you can just say you know i am at applebee's and i'm eating this how many carbs are in it and it'll tell you yeah right. you know you got to do the work of using the app i want somebody to do it for me come on yeah. so what else would this medication help me improve is this is this only about diabetics and weight loss or is there other things this helps me uh change my life about well it, you know it with weight loss comes improvements in some of those other things that we talked about fatty liver disease bone and joint disease you know gastric reflux etc but you know the key is getting your blood sugar under control and you know I'm a simple guy, and the way I understand this, if your blood sugar is a little bit lower, with the help of your low-carb diet and the help of your semaglutide, then that means the organs in your body are going to be turning 
uh, looking for another source of energy other than blood glucose. And what do they look for? The, that fat around the middle, that visceral fat, and the fatty acids around the middle start getting broken down and used as a source of energy by the organs of the body, and that's how you lose weight. So, right. so a variety of conditions improve when it, you, know, you do that. It's like the schoolhouse rock of uh, metabolic medicine right there. You're right. We could create a song about that. Uh, if somebody's interested in pursuing this kind of treatment, how, how do they get a hold of you or how do they talk to their doctor? What's the best way of starting that conversation? Yeah, again, there's only a selected group of providers now that have access to the compounded medicine. So if, if you're diabetic, I would have a discussion with your doctor as to whether semaglutide is a good medicine for you or not if you aren't already on it. Um, again, getting insurance approval for Wigovi is very difficult. So I would seek out a, a physician that you know uses semaglutide, is experienced in semaglutide use, and, and maybe has a relationship with a compounded pharmacy, so they can help you work through cost issues. So here in Ohio, you could you can prescribe it. Yeah, but we do this outside on, of Ohio. Are there other areas that you cover? Yeah, I, I'm licensed in Ohio, Indiana, and Florida. You know, we see people in our offices, but a lot of people are doing telemedicine these days. Right. So I would say 50, 60 percent of my visits are, excuse me, patient visits are telemedicine. Um, you know, I'm in Florida occasionally, but most of those visits are telemedicine. All right. Well, this has been a great topic. Again, every time I sit down with you guys, whether it's you or some of the other physicians that we deal with, I, I learn a ton. And this is just amazing stuff that I never knew. Uh, any kind of words of advice you want to leave our listeners with for this podcast? No, other than I would educate yourself about this medicine. I, I think it's going to become very, very popular. There is some initial data that's just coming out that is looking at issues like if you're on semaglutide, does that mean your risk of diabetes 10 years from now is going to be reduced? Oh. Or your risk of having a heart attack 10 years from now is going to be reduced. Some of those studies have already been done in diabetics and shown, yeah, those risks are decreased. They have not really been done in non-diabetics yet, other than the risk of diabetes being decreased. But in terms of the risk of the other issues, not really been done in non-diabetics. Um, but, but I think those outcomes are going to be very positive. So again, I think um, that's a reason that people should learn about this medicine. So my last question before we sign off is, you know, when I became a diabetic back 30 years ago, I think the population that was diabetic were, was 9, 10%, something like that. Yeah. What is it today? Uh, I think it's in the 13, 14% range. The scary thing, however, uh, about those demographics is that um, about 30% of people now in the country are pre-diabetic. Pre-diabetic, okay. okay. So, yeah, you know, you get, that, you get that 13 or 14% that are diabetic, but then you get 30% that are pre-diabetic, and half the people that are pre-diabetic do not know that they're pre-diabetic. You know, just to give you another patient example, you know, I had a patient one Wednesday that, you know, it was in for her second visit. We had seen her put a continuous glucose monitor on her. We were going to see what her numbers look like. Her doctor had said, you know what, your blood sugar is a little bit high. Um, and we'll follow it from year to year. Well, we put a monitor on her, and she was spiking her blood sugars to 240. 
um, her fasting glucose when we did it was in the 135 range. So she had kind of blown through the pre-diabetic phase and is now diabetic. So my goal really is to educate people that have insulin resistance and if you're overweight or you have a family history of diabetes, that's a risk for you. But educate those people early on and get that process reversed. Get pre-diabetes reversed before it becomes, which can be reversed, before it becomes diabetes, which is a permanent, as you know, a well, permanent, permanent lifelong condition. problem. I don't want to invite anybody to my club that doesn't have to have to come to this club. Yeah. So, uh, well, that, that's a, again, we could talk all day long about this stuff because it's very personal to me. But I want to thank you for this podcast. This is episode number two. We'll be back again soon with episode number three and another topic about metabolic MD. All right. So uh, thank you again, Dr. Paul Kolosik. Okay. Thank you, Terry. And thank you to our listeners. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Metabolic MD with Dr. Paul Kolodzik. Please join us again for the next episode to hear how your metabolic health means everything and to learn tips on how to lose weight and possibly reverse some serious health conditions. This information is not meant to be medical advice. Please seek consultation from your own medical professional. 